Kat. And I'm Kurt, and you're listening to Kat and Kurt's TV Review. Welcome to episode 126, Dead Already, Bad Soldiers. This week we're discussing series 8, episode 12 of Doctor Who, Death in Heaven, and season 2, episode 11 of Angel, Redefinition. As always, we suggest you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast. Also, if you haven't done so already, you may want to listen to our first podcast to get an idea of our methodology. All right. So, uh, second half of the season finale, mm-hmm. uh, Death in Heaven, uh, yeah. uh, which reminds me of the Eric Clapton song, Tears in Heaven. But uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, just... just from the similarity of the phrase, not thematically necessarily. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, now that I think about it, I mean, there's, yeah. it's, it's all about, you know, someone dying and, yeah, you know, seeing them well, and, the, and, and the idea of being re, reunited with them at some point in the and, unforeseen and future. And kind of premature death, too, is sort of... Right, right, know. exactly. Yeah. Um. So, how do I think about it? Maybe not so... Could be a little off. Eric Clapton nod, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think about the best way to sort of talk about this, because there's there's really two two storylines going on here, is you get Clara and Danny, and mm-hmm. you get the Doctor and Missy. And, of course, they sort of come together at the end, and that's all good. But yeah. I thought it would be best to sort of follow each one through, and then, you know, we can maybe talk about the sort of, coming together and the consequences and certainly we need to talk about sort of the the parting at the end with the doctor mm-hmm. and clara um but anyway so that's that's the way i would like to do this and okay. since since i get to choose uh we <laughs> should that's what we'll do um so i want to start out so you know obviously the episode starts right off with clara right and her uh you know i like the like now she's not even like really hesitating at all to sort of declare herself as the doctor. Um, But, you know, it's obviously very doctor-like for her to do that because it's, you know, she's just sort of like, okay, how do I talk my way out of this? And that's a very doctory thing. And it's a very, um, you know, sort of quick-witted, you know, she's just like, okay, what can I, what can I do to not necessarily stop them immediately you know we'll get to that down the line Mm -hmm. but what can i do to just sort of delay them for a little while until i can think of something better right (laughs) and and so it's just this you know uh you know first she's sort of hiding and then realizes that's not going to work and so she you know sort of pops up and it's like well you know who is it that could uh you know hide from you as this Clara person and you wouldn't even recognize it. Although, yeah. So anyway, I mean, we know what she says, but, um, you know, I like that. I like the, the theme with her of, and we've talked about this, you know, a number of times now, just how sort of almost episode by episode, she mm-hmm. is just becoming more and more like the doctor. And, um, there's a sense there, you know, again, to just bring up that idea of at one point she was calling herself the conscience of the Mm -hmm. doctor, but like, you know, the more and more that she gets sort of drawn into being the doctor, we've also talked about, you know, she 
she starts drawing on his personality and his propensity to lie and to mm-hmm. do whatever it takes. Um, and I, I thought there were some really interesting ways that they worked this out. Like, I, I feel like this is, um, you know, with Danny's character and, and the stuff that we've seen where, you know, there's been the lies and the uh, omissions from her, you know, sort of all along with Danny, you know, the, the idea here where like, like he can't even, like he can't even escape it while, while he's dead. <laughs> like, you know, right. even to the point where right. like, you know, now she thinks, so, okay. So uh, there's sort of the cut and we get some doctor stuff, I think. And then like, we come back and like Clara's there, like with the three Cybermen and then this other Cyberman who we, you know, realize is Danny mm-hmm. um, comes up and you get the sense that like, like this is him sort of letting her, you know, give herself enough rope to hang herself on, um, sure. you know, in in the sense that like, you know, he's saying, you know, who she is, like you're Clara, where you were born or, you know, when you were born, who your parents are, this and that. And Clara's like, yep, made it up. You know, I chose that date. I, you know, the, you know, the, my parents are figments of my imagination, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, and that whole, uh, you know, sort of, sort of thing saying until she gets to that point where she says, you know, you know me, I'm a good liar or whatever, something like something along mm-hmm. those lines. I don't, I have the exact quote um, in front of me, but that that moment of you know Cyber Danny just being <laughs> like like sort of hanging his head and being yeah. like, like correct, you know yeah. that it's the like, little drooped shoulders. Yeah, like yeah. like, like yes, we, we know <laughs> yeah. how good of a liar you are. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. She's and, she's just confirmed what he's already uh experience and the thing is like i think one of the things that that that's interesting about all this is because like we've gotten obviously she's lied to danny before and omitted stuff and you know whatever but like this is the this is like the the quintessential like if you could talk to someone without them knowing it was you you know what would they say Mm -hmm. about you kind of thing or how would they treat other people or what you know like are is that person only ever nice when they're around you maybe they're really mean to other people or you know uh if they're saying mean things to other you know about other people to you then when they're with those other people does that mean they say mean things you know about you to them and that kind of thing you know so it's like that it's like that perfect sort of test that everyone sort of maybe wants to go through at some point in their life just to find out if their friends or partner or whoever you know is really the way that they are when when you're with them and it gets confirmed for danny that clara is just a liar like it's not and you know on the one hand you could look at it like okay well at least it's not him (laughs) like Mm -hmm. she doesn't just lie to him you know she thinks he's a cyberman and he is a cyberman so you know on the one hand you can sort of justify it by saying well she's using delay tactics which is exactly what they think she's doing and so in a way like it's like well if they 
they know what she's doing and that's what she's doing <laughs> you know like how much of a liar is she but at the same time like what's the delay tactic it's to lie it's to say i'm the doctor and that everything else in my life is a lie and i think that's a really interesting sort of not even really twist because it, it's more like a doubling down on the whole you know mm -hmm. aspect of her you know lying to danny or you know sort of telling him not or not telling him you know certain things and and all of that and like now it's like you know not only does she lie to me but she lies just to everyone like that's just who she's just a liar right and that's right. who she's become by being with the doctor and and taking on some of that doctor's personality and so i i don't know i just thought that that was a a good way to sort of bring that whole continuing thread which has been uh you know sort of a standing part of their <laughs> relationship mm -hmm. um you know the whole time to uh sort of to a head in this episode so. yeah um so i have a couple of things there um with so the way she kind of um you know in that before the credits that kind of opening moment mm -hmm. where you know then she turns to the camera and says i'm the doctor you know like kind yeah. of declares it and everything and i don't know if you noticed the whole kind of show conforms around that because you yeah. get jenna coleman's getting top billing over peter capaldi they put her name first mm. in the credits and then instead of his eyes in the credits it's her eyes okay. so you kind of get her she gets to be the doctor for the episode so like it's almost like by declaring that like everything around her like you know uh responds to that so she has some sort of narrative control you know so i guess like the power of her you know lies are you know that sort of substantial but also like like just for like the arc you know kind of of how far she's come i think it's a nice bookend with the delay tactics it's such a nice bookend with um the first episode of the season where with the clockwork droids where she has to you know delay 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 for several minutes but you can see it's very you know how different is this version like how smooth and confident she is that she totally you know sure. she she maybe she was a liar but she's certainly a much better liar now um, just like the ability that she has to sort of rattle this off with complete confidence, um, right. you know, so it yep. kind of shows quite a bit. Um, and then to kind of keep going on, um, you know, from what you're saying about the effect on Danny, it is that thing of hearing what people, you know, really think maybe like after you've died or when you're not really mm -hmm. around because later on I think to add so like not only does have we confirmed that Claire is a liar and not only you know does she is she kind of maybe like a pathological liar like you know she lies all the time right but um later at when, least in this episode it seems at like least it. in this episode right. or at least lately um you know then when they're having their little when he takes her to the graveyard, um, you know, yeah. shortly after this, and he kind of is confronting her a bit, um, you know, and she says, 
you know, about the doctor. I'm his best friend. I would never, ever give up the doctor because he's my best friend too. He's the person closest to me in the whole world. He is the man I will always forgive, always trust. The one man I would never, ever lie to, Right. you know? And it's like, all right, so now we've established also that, you know, the doctor's the one exception, the, the person she would never lie to. He's the person that she holds the closest. Now, again, you could maybe justify these things as, okay, this is more lies. This is more delay tactics. This is, you know, maybe she's not including Danny in this picture because Danny's died. So right. like he, the doctor is the only man living that I would like hold closest and never, but like, right. again, you feel like those are all there. It's not that they're not true, but they're not the whole truth. Like there's also truth in what she's saying too. Um, so like you get, you get more of that kind of kicking Danny while he's down, kind of like, yeah. you know, all his worst, you know, uh, impressions of Clara being kind of confirmed by her, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what to say next. It's not like the prettiest picture for Clara really. Um, no, well, and I and I feel like this whole kind of arc has been maybe tearing down that kind of that image of perfect Clara up on the pedestal, you know, is sort of showing some of the flaws that she maybe yeah. as the liar and as the control freak, she really doesn't want anyone to see those flaws. So, you know, maybe uh, they're being kind of like you said, she's she's hanging herself. She's condemning herself with her own words. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. those flaws will sort of find a way to come out eventually. Well, and that, that whole speech of, you know, I'm his best friend. I would never ever get the doctor, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, leading up to the one man I would never lie to. Like, it's like each sentence is like another thrust in like Danny's <laughs> heart. You know, it's yeah. like, like, it's not just bad enough that she says, Oh, the doctor is my best friend. You know, when it's like, well, you know, I'm your boyfriend or I was your boyfriend. Right. Like, you know, like, um, but he's also the closest person to me and the man right. I will always forgive and always trust. You know, it like, like yeah. it's almost a litany of, you know, like the things you would almost say at a wedding, you know, I, right, you know, I, right. I, I would trust you and I would never lie to you and you're closest to me and my best friend. And like, you know, it's yeah. like, these are all the things that Danny should have been to her right. and it's clear that he's not and like you said you can make the argument that well danny's gone dead but she didn't necessarily know that even at this point right like when she was saying that because the whole point of them going to 3w was to try to find Danny. like that right. was that's what and you know how they ended up there was the TARDIS took them there and the doctor said, this is, you know, what is it? Like, this is the most likely place where you'll cross. Well, that turned out to be true. She yeah. did meet cyber Danny there initially, you know, before he took her to the graveyard or whatever. And so, you know, that was true, but she didn't know that. And so like, it's kind of interesting because I guess at that point she's, sort of given up then maybe on mm. finding Danny alive. Um, even though they sort of had that 
weird staticky conversation um yeah you know uh in the last episode there but yeah i don't know i think um it's it's easy to both sort of understand why clara is saying the things that she's saying especially you know given that she thinks these are just sort of invading cybermen they're yeah you know who cares if you're lying to them but you can also certainly see danny's side of things when he's hearing all these things about yeah who the doctor is to clara and and what the doctor means to her and not having heard any of that from her himself Mm -hmm. um so yeah 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 which um I, I'm skipping a little bit, but like, I think that comes down to the, you know, to me, like the kind of core line of their goodbye is her saying, you know, I wasn't very good at it, but I did love you. Like, there is genuine feeling there, but there's also that admission of, you know, there were obviously a lot of mistakes made. It didn't go quite the way that um, they might have wanted it to. Mm. um sure but before that happens um there's the bit where uh it it kind of seems like you know the the i mean other than just seeing her again and talking to her it it, it also seems like a big reason why he brought clara here was for her to help him turn on the emotional inhibitor mm. um yeah. You know, which again, you know, to not paint Danny in too much of a perfect light, I feel like that's a little bit ambiguous too. That like, it's sort of like, oh, you know, it is lovely to see Clara, but hey, you know, could you help me eliminate myself? Like, <laughs> you know, there is that slight, you know, aspect of, you know, again, you can understand his point of view. On the other hand, you can also kind of see how that's a big ask, you know? Mm. Um yeah and well there's two things there right because the last moment that we saw him in the previous episode was he was about to do that to himself right and Mm -hmm. stopped because he saw the reflection of the kid who he Mm -hmm. had killed so there's that aspect you know of it as well that like he can't commit suicide but he still wants to have the feelings stop right Right. so so there is and again you know i don't know i don't know if i necessarily agree that that's is is that does he say that that's why he brought her there or does he sort of say that after he's heard her go off on this whole the doctor is my best friend and stuff like yeah no he doesn't he doesn't so i guess we don't know that for sure yeah, one way or the other i mean i'm not necessarily saying we like because because we don't know like it very well may be yeah. that that's that was sort of his intention all along and then the, it's like claire is just sort of confirming it with every sentence that she utters mm-hmm. um but i i couldn't i i couldn't actually remember if he did or didn't say say that so the um so for Danny, yeah, the cutting off of, well, there's two things there, right? Because there's, 
the assumption is that by cutting off emotions that he'll sort of you know fully become cyberman it's like you know mm-hmm. it's like the uh uh the emperor in return of the jedi saying to luke you know you know strike mm-hmm. me down and your transformation is complete it's like you know cut these wires and my transformation will be complete i'll be right. you know completely cut off um and we even get like later when when he's saying to the doctor like i can't see the cybernet mm-hmm. you know clearly enough because you know i still have these emotions that are sort of clouding my vision kind of thing um so in a sense i mean that is obviously losing danny because you know we're emotions and whatever but i like that there's also the aspect that um you know what comes out of that is that actually love is more than just an emotion you know for Mm -hmm. them that there's there is actually a rational component to it and i like that idea of like like there is a sense in which love is just a decision you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's yeah like if i left it up to my emotions then you know any given partner that I might have, I would fall in and out of love with them multiple times a day, perhaps, you know, like if it was just an emotional reaction, but there is a sense in which, um, you know, love, true love is a longer, uh, longer term thing than that. Like that there, Mm -hmm. that there is a decisive aspect to it of saying, even when you, uh, make me angry even when things aren't going well even you know again you know going back to sort of that wedding theme those are all the things right you know good times and bad times richer and poorer and all that kind of stuff like well and it i just thought of too the doctor's thing to her in the last episode of you know you betrayed me you let me down why would that make a difference of course i'm going to help you right so you know it doesn't and that's sort of danny doesn't say those words but that's basically the idea here is she can say all these hurtful things and let him down in all these terrible ways, but that's not what his love is based yeah. on. You know, it's it's this promise that he's made, this decision. Um, and, and I like that too, because I feel like in too many stories, we get that idea that like, if you're cut off from emotions then you're no longer human and it's like Mm. well that's not necessarily true like Mm -hmm. humans are also rational and they're also you know other things and yes like there's an aspect where you need to have balance in those things Mm -hmm. but just because you you know maybe you dampen your emotions by you know with this inhibitor or whatever that doesn't necessarily mean that you're completely inhuman you know Mm -hmm. immediately that there are other aspects to your humanity that perhaps can rise above uh the that emotional aspect of it so i don't know I, i i like the way that that sort of turned out there um yeah i feel like the the loss of emotion the the danger lies less in you know the the inability to love or commit to other people and more in what it goes into later about uh that lack of empathy of can we not you know we don't see the hurt we inflict that kind of idea Mm -hmm. you know like it 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 doesn't take away promises that danny's made it's it's the thing which you know enables maybe missy to you know uh 
you know, I don't know, cause the destruction that she, um, although I don't think Missy is emotionless. So maybe we should save that conversation, but yeah, um, no, but it's I, more, it's, I think it's more complicated than just emotions are good. Lack of emotion is bad. It, it's, there's more nuance to it than right, that. Right. I think. Yeah, definitely. And That's I think, what you're saying. I think, you know, the other aspect of it too, is that, um, it's what gives him sort of the courage, right? Right. So fear is an emotion too, and mm -hmm. that's part fear is of, a superpower. What's that? That's that's fear is a superpower. That's kind of what the doctor. Oh. Another thing he said this season. So yeah, well, being a, a motivating emotion. Um, but but by cutting off the fear, Danny is able to do what needs to be done. As far as you know, that's like. He still yeah, ends true. up committing suicide. Sure. Like, let's not discount that. Like, he right. ultimately presses the delete button, but right. he does it in a way that isn't just sort of wasteful and destructive. It's, right. it's you know, sort of the quintessential what you think of a soldier should be, which is, you know, to, per to do it in the protection of people, to put yourself between harm and the people you love. And... Right. That's also what gets enabled by being able to, you know, by inhibiting his emotions. It's, mm -hmm. it, it takes away the fear of, uh, you know, what he needs to do. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it becomes more self-sacrifice rather than... Um, rather than suicide. Than yeah. a simple suicide, right. right. Although functionally it, it's the same thing, you know. Sure. Um, the spirit sure. of it, I think, is different. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and that's what that's kind of what I meant, like, you know, by saying like it, it's not, it's not that sort of wasteful, you know. Just, I just want to die because I'm sad and feel alone, kind of thing. Right. But it's, right. um, and not to discount, you know, the sort of depression that people feel and whatever. That's a very real thing, but it's, you know. With with all of the sort of soldiery themes that we've gotten with Danny throughout this season, mm -hmm. um, you know this, you know he does sort of rise up to be that. This is this is the one, you know, this is sort of his chance at redemption. He's not killing people; he's saving them. You know, mm -hmm. and that's the the again, that sort of is what one of the things that you know inhibiting his emotion there. Uh, helps him to do. Yeah. Um, well, and then, so, okay, so we get, we get Danny and Clara and their, you know, their stuff and Danny saves everyone, you know, like takes over the, I, you know, there's, there's some trading of gadgets or stealing yes. of gadgets or, you know, whatever to, to help with all of that. But, um, mm -hmm. The, you know, the final thing, of course, that Danny does is that by stealing that gadget, um, which is apparently what Missy was able to use to go back and forth between like the nether sphere and the real world. Mm -hmm. um, apparently there's enough like juice or whatever power, you know, left mm -hmm. in that bracelet that for one person to come back and mm -hmm. um 
you know, this is a callback to the forest episode, right? Of Clara, like realizing like Danny is never going to leave the children. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's not like, there's no way that he would just sort of go himself, you know, or with Clara or whatever into the TARDIS and escape. Like he's there to help the children and to save them and whatever. And of course, um, I mean, you have to wonder how much of that is, you know, knowing the story now that we know of him killing the little, you know, the whatever, 12 or 13 year old boy or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe those kids that were his students sort of were standing in proxy for that, you know, like right. that, that, that there was a stronger motivation than just, I like to teach children, but that, right. that keeping them safe and, you know, sort of being with them and sticking with them and making sure they arrive home safely is, is all part of that, uh, you know, the, the residual effects of that experience that, you know, he had in wherever yeah. Iraq or wherever that was. I, I, I do, we don't ever find out actually where that was. Right? I don't think so. No, some, some sort of Middle Eastern or right. something. Um, right. Iraq or Afghanistan or something. One or, yeah. one or the other. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so of course, like that just makes sense given what we know, like, and what Clara says about him in that forest episode, it just makes sense when you see that he's sending this kid back in his Mm -hmm. stead and, um, uh, and even remembering, of course, what Clara says about the fact that Danny will never leave the kids. It's kind of hot. (laughs) Like, like, that's kind of an attractive quality about him. And so uh you know of course it seems like obviously she's sad and we see the tears and you mm-hmm. know that's whatever but there's also it's like that's not a surprise when we realize that that's what he's doing so yeah um you know yeah no there's that kind of full circle yeah. uh quality to it and so now we've got how many people stuck in computers in different places? <laughs> um, you know, we've got River, uh, uh-huh. you know, and, and her library computer or whatever. We've got Danny now. And um, we had uh, even, well, even previously with Clara, we had people in sort of the cloud, right? Like in, the, in an right. early episode with her. Was that the first one where she, like, I know we had like other versions of clara um, um but was that the first one where the it was first like this one with, clara? with like the main version yeah 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 um, um yeah where where we have people sort of so yeah recurring theme which is fine but it just, is just uh i like the literalness of the data cloud which is like an actual cloud right um that right like okay moffat you know we have to work the little puns in, which right. uh, I, I I find them amusing. The, I don't know. The one, all right, so, you know, the one sort of science-y bit um, uh-huh. <laughs> is, like, I'm still not clear how, like, you know, one molecule of cyber rain or whatever mm-hmm. creates, like, all the metal, like, exterior of the Cyberman, like... Sure. <laughs> like, especially if, like, oh, it just needs to touch some organic material. Well, organic material isn't metal. So, like, where does the big metal exoskeleton come from? 
Right. Um, yeah, I don't have a good yeah, answer for you I, there. And I don't expect you to. I just, you know, again, yeah. just got to sort of pick out those little things. But that's fine. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I feel like, though, in general, just since we're sort of talking about the Cybermen in general, I don't, like, they're not even really the Cybermen we know and hate. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're specialized Cybermen, right? They're like a new version that Missy created. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, specifically to use these dead bodies somehow. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and and I do like the the whole sort of the zombie rising from the grave mm-hmm. motif with them. Like that is kind of funny. But I well, also- and I I like it because I feel like. I feel like that's, and some of this is, um, maybe we can talk about this more when and in whatever format we eventually work our way through classic Who, because Mm. in kind of some of the viewing and reading I've done of that, that's been kind of the idea of the Cybermen from the beginning. I mean, on the one hand, there's the kind of like uh, body horror, you know, organ harvesting paranoia. So that's kind of one half. But the other half is this sort of like, they have always been kind of associated with like, you know, kind of like death and immortality and the other kind of that mm. mystery of, you know, human life and everything. And and I feel like I, I think this gets at uh, those themes more than, like when the Cybermen are kind of the most boring is when they are just big stomping robots you know but this gets at some of those like weird elements um and it even like reminds me a lot of um army of ghosts and doomsday where you had like Mm. the cybermen start out as these ghosts pop up and we don't know what they are and eventually you find out it's cybermen but there's still this notion of like they're associated with the dead like you know that they're the the loved ones that we wish we could see again. Um, mm. You know, and that all turns out to be like a trick as this does, but it's that same kind of, you know, again, you have like the ghosts of the dead sort of embodied in the Cybermen and everything. So I kind of, you know, I agree that like, uh, these aren't, they don't necessarily behave exactly like we've always seen them behave, but I think, like some of the the horror elements get at those ideas a little bit better. Um, sure. So, and even the like traveling between one plane and, and another, that feels very doomsday to me. Um, you know, like, you know, the doctor calling Rose for one last visit before the cracks close and that kind of thing. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, I don't I don't necessarily have anything more to say about them other than that yeah, they are they and sort of like so as zombies, it's there's there's sort of a uh mix between, you know, what we think of zombies today with like The Walking Dead or whatever, but also of the idea that like you know the more um like witch magic type 
zombies mm. where like they are under the control of somebody else who is like um you know manipulating dead people or right or people who seem to be dead anyway you know whatever like what whatever it is that's actually going on it's this sort of magical manipulation mm-hmm. aspect to it so there's there's sort of you know jumping back and forth between yeah. uh traditions there a little bit i guess um so yeah so from a I want to back up now, though, and talk about the Doctor and Missy, because, mm-hmm. like, we get, obviously, we get them all together in the end there, but there's also, like, a bunch of stuff that happens while mm-hmm. the Danny and Clara stuff are going on. Um, yeah. So, uh, first, I mean, we're first starting, like, right where we left off last week, again, with the doctor sort of being appalled that there's like Cybermen in the streets of daylit London and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that they're just sort of out and about. Um, And then we get, uh, you know, we get, we get Osgood shows up. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't entirely sure if like the doctor even recognized her. Hmm. Um, I mean, we get the little comment about the bow tie. Mm-hmm. So maybe, but then it's like, well, is that for like, is that the doctor like sort of acknowledging to her that he recognizes who she is? Or is that just like for right. our benefit as viewer, or, you right, know, as right. viewers to sort of, you know, one to sort of remind us of who she right. is because we haven't seen her in a while, but yeah. also just to. You know, because we then we get the line again. Bow ties are cool, and right, right, it's a fun line, and all of that. So. Right, and she's wearing Converse too. I don't know if you picked up on that, I, but no, but I mean that's okay. So <laughs> Osgood as as always in sort of cosplay, and sort of mm-hmm. each time you see her is doing a different doctor. You know, like sure. mixing up little costume bits from different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I never really thought that the doctor didn't recognize her, but I, to be honest, that hadn't occurred to me. So, um, I mean, you know, it has been a while for him too. So I suppose, you know, maybe it takes him a minute to place who she is and where he remembers her from. Sure. Um, but, uh, but well, so, okay. Just to finish with Osgood though, we get, we get her, um, you know, again, she's sort of in her, uh, science-y, uh, assistant role. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get the, you know, sort of her and the doctor talking and, um, uh, her very clever, uh, deduction, I guess, about who Missy is. And, mm-hmm. um, the sort of hint of a of an idea that she could become a companion for the doctor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know oh all of space and time just something for your bucket list yeah, you know? yeah. uh and that sort of thing that uh makes it so sad then <laughs> when yeah when missy breaks out and kills her this yeah. her. well there is that suggestion 
by, you know, by Missy kind of saying, oh, you know, the doctor will be really impressed if you come learn my secret. You know, there's that that hint mm. of it's her kind of trying to impress a little bit that like, you know, because that's the yeah. bit that frustrates me is, you know, how easily she gets taken in by Missy. You know, I feel like you can kind of justify it with, okay, the doctor did almost invite her into the TARDIS. You know, she's she's feeling a little bit cocky, you know. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know. There's something, there's something about the way that scene is sort of directed or blocked or something that mm. frustrates me. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, even more than normal, I want to, like, say, you're an idiot. Why are you doing this? Like, you know. Right. Um, and given her you know, very clever deduction a moment before. Like it just, it seems yeah. like she would be more. She's smarter than that. Yeah. Yeah. More attuned to like, Oh, yeah. when the mistress starts talking to me, yeah, I need to leave the room. Right. Right. Yeah. She knows how dangerous. She... Yeah. I like the line about we have all our prime ministers on file. She wasn't even the worst, <laughs> Like, you know, right. but like, she know she knows how dangerous you know uh missy can be so um, um but that is kind of a kind of a shock and a bummer you know um it, i certainly wasn't expecting it and you know damn yeah. you moffat damn you moffat um, pulling a weed in there uh yeah definitely well and and i think that is you know, Moffat gets the reputation for killing characters, and he does, but not usually in that very weedony way. Like, Moffat actually doesn't, I don't think, kill that many characters. Like, or the ones he does, he finds a way to bring them back. Like, you know, yes, mm. River dies, but you get to see her afterwards, you know? Or, sure. You know, or Sherlock dies, but not really, you know? Um or even like, you know, Danny does die in this, but you get the kind of, you get to see him again as the cyber Danny, and then he gets a conversation with Clara, you know, Amy and Rory sort of get sent back in time. So that's sort of death, but not really. So mm -hmm. like, I feel like just the kind of stone cold killing a character with no warning mm -hmm isn't something he normally does. So this kind of reads a little bit more brutal than normal, I think. Sure. Um, this sure. you're I think you're right. This does feel more like a a weedony kind of just comes out of nowhere type thing. Um and I was also shocked to see on that note to see Kate get sort of sucked out of the airplane. Sucked out Although, of the plane, yeah. Um we do find out later that she is actually okay um yes not to go down that road but yeah so like the Os osgood thing uh was a bit of a shock and and didn't uh well yeah i was certainly surprised by it didn't um really see that one coming so um well and i think too because you get this little prolonged tease you know you're kind of waiting for the switch, you know, mm. the kind of the, the twist or the rescue, you know, because, you know, there's this like whole, there's like minute long section of like, you know, I'm going to kill you in a minute. And this is our secret plan and counting down and all this stuff. You're kind of like, you know, 
you don't expect it to end in just what it does, you know, right. that she right. just kills her. So, I mean, well, especially definitely... like when we've seen like Osgood in the past where, you know, like what she, like she pulls on the scarf and like trips up the, whatever right. it was, you know, that was standing Zygon, on Zygon. Yeah. yeah. And, and that sort of thing. So that there's, there's definitely, um, you know, moments where she's sort of pulled through in sort of a maybe clumsy, but still clever way, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it kind of reestablishes, you know, Missy as, you know, a psychopath. I mean, funny. Yes. But dangerous, you know, kind of, you know, and that that kind of, uh, you know, again that chaotic element, yeah. you know, of why do you kill her? Why do you pop a balloon? You know, because you can. And so, just you know, for the just for the fun of it, um, you know, I think it kind of effectively puts her back in that sort of position. Um, yeah. So speaking of Missy. Like her motivation then for this, for everything that she's been doing, mm -hmm. is apparently to prove to the doctor that he's just as bad as she is, mm -hmm. or the same. She wouldn't necessarily say she's bad, but right. you know what I mean. Like that, they're the same. That they're well. If you know she's chaotic, that the doctor is also just as chaotic and that right. uh, they each leave sort of a destruction in their wakes, mm -hmm. uh, in their individual wakes. And so, um, you know, the, the idea being that they're really just as close as they were when they were kids that, right. you know, the doctor sort of refers to her and says, Oh, you know, at one point I used to run with this friend of mine and I thought we were the same, but we're not. And like mm -hmm. Missy's like, Oh, but actually we are <laughs> like, mm -hmm. like this is, you know, um, the thing. And so um, th there's sort of brief references, but we get like, you know, the reference of her saying like, she sort of like went back through the doctor's timeline and sort of, like has been visiting all of these different places that the doctor has been and meeting or at least seeing, you know, all these mm -hmm. different people who have been affected by what the doctor sort of done. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, the interesting bit of that, I guess, is, you know, just that like the last time we saw, well, maybe not the last time we saw the master, but, you know, when we've seen the master before, mm -hmm. um, like I'm thinking uh, back the first time that he dies <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, um, whatever we want to call like, you know, the various times that he's come and disappeared again. Uh, right. But the, you know, sort of, um, you know, I'm thinking like David Tennant you know, yeah. holding the master sort of as he's dying and being like, you know, you can regenerate. We're, you know, we're the only two who are the same, you know, of our kind, you know, like 
like that 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 was the doctor's desire mm-hmm. back then to have someone else who's like him mm-hmm. and now we see the mistress mm-hmm. in that same sort of capacity like just wanting to have someone else like that there's this right regardless of whether it's true or not that they're alike just by the fact that they're both Gallifreyans means they're both mm-hmm. more like each other than either of them are like anybody else. Right. You know, so like even even if personality wise, you can sort of say, well, maybe they're not quite as alike as we. Right. You know, as as you might be claiming they're Missy, but uh, there is the fact that just by simple, you know. Anatomical reasons and, you know common upbringing and those sorts of things you know that they're cultural reasons cultural reasons yeah cultural and biological and you know all of that stuff that um that there's reasons why they're more like um Mm -hmm. than anyone else is like them so you know that's interesting to me that like we get that sort of inversion there from yeah i mean yeah there's like a role reversal there you know that was how many uh seasons ago now like right four or like five, five seasons <laughs> yeah. like five seasons and like thousands of years ago you know right whatever. yeah um, right of, of uh of, of subjective subject, time. subjective yeah. timeline yeah so there's you know and we don't know like how long the master has been sort of rooting right. through the doctor's timeline to sort of i don't know do whatever just sort yeah. of mess around um but that but that there's also another motivation um that the mass the mistress has of wanting to keep clara and the doctor together Mm -hmm. um because it's just fun like apparently the uh what does he say the uh, or she say the um uh you know the control freak and the one who can't be controlled so Mm -hmm. and of course we've already talked about sort of where the influence is there well it's clara becoming uh maybe a little bit less of a control freak and becoming more like the doctor um Mm -hmm. a little bit more chaotic and whatever um but but also i think the the that the line after that is important too about you know you'd go to hell if she asked and she would that like that clara is useful for this plan because if this whole thing is all orchestrated for her to give the doctor this nicely wrapped gift of an army, you know, so like, you know, look at, oh, you'll love me once you get this birthday gift, you know, um, cause right. this is what you want and you need. And, you know, right. so, you know, who knows how many years worth of manipulation with, you know, the Cybermen and three W and this whole thing, you feel like Clara is perfectly chosen as because I need the doctor to investigate 3W. I need someone who would literally ask him to go to hell and who he would follow. Like, you know, that it has to be someone with that kind of, you know, control over him and willpower, you know, that they would end up, you know, going this far. Sure. Um, So there's like, you know, so, you know, you kind of, and then they obviously they make reference to like all the times that Missy kind of, uh, you know, arranged for them to be together, um, right. you know, making sure that that this plan would sort of c- 
come to fruition. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, and then the other thing, of course, that that brings into question, that calls into question there is, we talked a little bit um, last week about, you know, Danny's death, uh, sort of maybe being the result of Clara, you know, what she says to him on the phone, like that mm-hmm. maybe like he was stunned and shocked and like stopped in the street when he heard it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true still, like we don't necessarily know, but there's also yeah. the sense that when you realize the level to which Missy has sort of been, been manipulating their togetherness, like how much of that involved Danny as well. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't such an accident. Right. You know, that ended up killing him. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, no, like, solid evidence, but certainly right. the question becomes there. And you have to believe that given all of the other things uh, that Missy has and given her motives, you know, to get uh, the doctor to come yeah. to the place where the nether sphere exists would require having someone that they care enough about to go there. So, um, you know, again, maybe, maybe that still could just be coincidence. Um, but it seems given how much manipulation Missy does elsewhere that like, there's a pretty good possibility or even probability that she was involved in Danny's death. Maybe yeah, no, you can totally imagine the reveal where you pull back and see it's Missy behind the wheel of the car or right. something like that, you right. know, um, yep. I, you know, that I, I agree. If not, if not 100%, that seems like, you know, likely that, you know, yeah, Cer- uh, certainly plausible, that would be true. And perhaps even probable. Yeah. yeah. Uh. And so we end up with Missy and the doctor and Claire and Danny in the graveyard, surrounded by mm-hmm. all the Cybermen. And, you know, we get the sort of same cockiness from her, of course, that mm-hmm. the doctor has, right? With the uh, <laughs> the coming in like Mary Poppins, um, you know, the very... Yeah. Uh, with, yeah, with the umbrella and everything. Um and then, but like also, and, the, and that, and and I want to point out that being a, a lovely little contrast to Clara, you know, who's been sort of, you know, Victorian nanny Mary Poppins, you know, at times herself. Sure, um, sure. Anyway, go ahead. Um, but then also like sort of the showing off of like, look what I can make the Cybermen do, and right, um, you know, I can even make them show you where the exits are on an airplane. And that sort of thing. So that, you know, the, there's very much, uh, you know, a similar sense there to with the doctor and, you know, that just sort of goes along with her whole contention that she and the doctor are the same. Uh, and so the, you know, the thing with Missy that, um, we get at the end though is that she's still not as good as the doctor like with that sort of thing so that we get um you know the doctor you know she gives the doctor the cyber army so Mm -hmm. to speak right 
here, it's your birthday. Uh, here's yeah. a bunch of Cybermen to do your bidding. Um, which is the second time that day that he gets that right. happened to him. Uh, right. Which we should, we, we haven't really talked through that yet. But <clears throat> Right. Um, Apparently she's not the only person who's sort of made that uh, mistake in believing that he wants an army. But anyway. But so I guess what it all boils down to, though, is that I'm still not sure I completely understand the motive behind that even because Mm -hmm. is it just that like she thinks what exactly will happen like that he'll control the cyber army and go around doing what she says she's going to do which is to uh invade planets and galaxies and you know build the cyber army even greater with all the dead bodies that she leaves to you know waste I mean, I mean, I think it's what she says about him wanting an army, but for what, you know, I, th- I mean, I think she's, I think wrongly, um, A, wrongly expecting that he'll accept this offer, but also, um, you know, thinking that, you know, it's the bit about all the people suffering in the Dalek camps. Now you can save them. All the good guys winning the wars, go get, or all the bad guys winning the wars, go get the good guys back. So, you know, you know, I'm handing you an army, not so that you'll do what I want to do, but so that you'll do the things that you want to do are, which are, you know, wage wars, you know, for the cause of good and right. And, you know, to protect people and, um, You know, and it's all like this kind of trap of, you know, the only way to stop the cyber army is to control them. And there's this kind of like, I think, false dichotomy there of like, if you're not contributing to, you know, the war, you're allowing it to happen or something. Um, So the only way to stop it is to become part of it, Um, which I think is her idea of we're not you know, we're basically the same. I mean, obviously the doctor rejects that dichotomy and, you know, ends up saying, you know, he doesn't need an army and he never has, and he'll take the companions, Um, you know, and Danny kind of puts a stop to the war, you know, by destroying his own side, you know, by destroying the Cybermen rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. um, destroying other people but I mean that's kind of her I think that's what she thinks will happen is now the doctor has an army to go you know do all the things he says are good to do like you know defeating Daleks saving Time Lords saving humans you know he can now be the kind of righteous man that he always claimed he was and now he has the the firepower to do it is sort of the idea i think yeah okay i don't i mean i guess i still what i don't like i I understand that like she's playing on his motivations there Mm -hmm. um Still not entirely sure. 
I mean, well, maybe it's just like you said. Maybe it's just that she's assuming the wrong thing. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe I'm thinking too hard about it mm-hmm. in that way. But um, I guess I, I was just thinking like, like her whole contention the whole time is that we're the same. And so I guess, I guess I was thinking like, does she then expect him to go off and just use this army in the same way that as she does, that she would, um, the answer to which is no, he wouldn't, but also the more complex answer is, well, he wouldn't even take the army in the first place, like you said. So, um, okay. Well, and I think it, um, it becomes that slippery slope of, would there be a scenario in which he could accept the army in a way that wouldn't make him like her? Like, sure. you know, by saying, I'm going to take this army and fight all the good wars and make sure all the right people win. Is there a way to do that? That I think that's the trap is like, there's no way in her. I think obviously he finds the loopholes, but her design is that he's it's the catch 22 of there's no way to decline this offer because that would be letting the Cybermen wipe out humanity, but there's no way to accept the offer, which doesn't make him like her, mm-hmm. you know, which that he doesn't become just another conquering, you know, uh, you know, officer soldier who, you know, uh, you know, defeats armies and, you know, make sure that the people he wants to live get to be the ones who live. Sure. I think that's the, that's the sort of trap that she's trying to, in in some way, I think she sees that as like a positive thing, like, oh, how, how liberated you'll feel when you realize that we're the same, you know, obviously he doesn't see it that way. Right, um, right. It's the last you know, thing he wants. So it, it, I think it's a trap in the sense that she's engineered a certain outcome. I don't know that, you know, she necessarily sees it that way, but I think that's kind of what she's going for. Mm. Um, and I don't, I think uh, she's not necessarily expecting for him to hand the bracelet off to Danny for sure. Um So, and I think also, you know, that goes to, you know, that kind of being the end of their exchange of um, when, you know, when he's kind of getting ready to kill her and she says, you know, say something nice. And he says, you win. And she says, I know. So again, there's this idea of like, even in her defeat, um, there's triumph in like, any scenario in which she can get him to kill somebody is kind of proof of how, but again, one of the Cybermen takes that out of his hands. So like, you know, it's the same thing again of her plan is foiled by, um, by her these Cybermen not doing what she told them to do. Yeah. Yeah. Although does that absolve the doctor because he was willing to, do it yeah i mean mean, not necessarily he doesn't actually go through with it but only it seems because it's taken out of his hands so right who knows um all right we should probably 
got like a couple more things and then we should probably wrap up but the um one thing so you know in talking about like the doctor just sort of being given armies left and right like we also get the uh fact of him being made president of the world of the earth yeah and um that as part of that one his word is law literally kate Mm -hmm. tells him um and that also that you know he sort of has all of the armies of the world at his beck and call again um i do i do like the moment of like uh where he's like oh you just you vote some idiot into office well if that's what you want to say mr president and he's like wait what uh but the comes around back to bite him the um You know, I mean, it, it's the same sort of thing there, where he doesn't—he doesn't want to have that power, and he doesn't um, ultimately need it either. But, mm-hmm. but that there's this um, uh, misconception, I guess, by Kate and Unit, and mm-hmm. apparently all the world powers that uh, the Doctor. I mean, you know. Well, if he's not a warrior, why is he called the doctor? <laughs> you know, right, that right. that sort of idea that that this is just the thing, the sort of thing that he does in the eyes of other uh in the eyes of other people. And that um that seems like something that he's not very also he puts a lot of sugar in his tea. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, he like overflows it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, no, that 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 He's very uncomfortable having this power. He doesn't ever actually use it um, because, like, Missy comes up and, like, blows up the plane and stuff. Right. Um, So, yeah, like, I'm not I'm not sure what to make of all that, but it's just that, like, in these two, like, it seems significant that we have two groups on the uh, literally on the opposite side of the mm-hmm. same conflict both giving him their armies <laughs> right. right um so what does that say about him i don't know i mean he doesn't take either one mm-hmm. so good for him but yeah. it but again there's that there there's something um disconnected in the perception of who he is mm-hmm. that that both of the people on either side of this conflict would want him to have those armies. Yeah. Um, Just seems very, very strange. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it is always the thing of the people who don't want power are probably the ones most equipped to actually have it. So, you know, anytime when the doctor takes control is usually never a good thing, you know, whereas like, when you give him your army and he refuses, that's usually like a much, you know, better sign of uh, his sort of emotional stability at that point. Um, You know, uh, you wouldn't want this going on when like the Time Lord Victorious is sort of, sure, you know, like that. This is obviously uh, he's at a different point. So I think that is, probably a, a definitely a good sign um but yeah i mean and maybe that goes to 
maybe it is a misunderstanding of his personality, but maybe that does go to Missy's point of if do people think this of you because, you know, there's something about you which makes them think that, um, you know. Um, yeah. So. So we also need to talk about the ending with yeah. the Doctor and Clara. I yes. was not expecting this to be like a, you know, companion yeah. parting ending. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I thought, per se. That wouldn't have been my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, again, going back to where we started with Clara, we get each of them, the doctor and Clara, telling the other lies, mm-hmm. right? So we get the doctor talking about Gallifrey and saying he found it when, in fact, he goes to the coordinates and the mistress had lied. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get Clara letting the doctor believe that Danny is back and they're together and that it simply won't work for her to be a companion anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, and each of them is so eager to assuage the worries of the other one, you know? Don't worry about me. I'm I'm good. Right. You know, I have everything figured out. It's perfect. You know, you don't have to feel guilty about, you know, not staying with me. You That's know. That's true. It's, you know. That's true. But mm-hmm. I also get the sense that each one wants the other one to call them out. Sure. <laughs> um <clears throat> that Clara that had the doctor said you're lying or whatever yeah that clara would have pretty easily said yes i'm lying i really want to go in the tardis with you and it will work because danny's not around yeah Um, or if clara said you didn't actually find gallifrey did you yeah the doctor would have said "Mm, yeah you're right And yeah, yeah. Um, now maybe I'm well, giving them I mean, too much credit. Maybe they would have, you know, been hard headed and stuck to their lies. I mean, but certainly, I, certainly with Clara, I get the impression that that's not what she came to say. You know, she comes in saying like I have bad news, and she's kind of like playing with the bracelet. And it's the doctor who says like, "Oh, it's okay. Danny's back. I knew he'd figure it out. You guys will be fine. And don't worry about me because I'm going home. Mm. Like, if that all hadn't come out, she would have, maybe the bad news was Danny died. Danny, you know, sent the little boy through and he's not going to come back, you know? Right. Um, But because of this revelation of the doctors, she changes her mind and decides to lie again, you know? Mm. I don't know about the doctor. Um, With the doctor, I kind of, I do get definitely the impression of like maybe disappointment there. Like he would really prefer her to come, but there's this like self-protective, I can't let you think that I'm not okay with this. So I'm going to super, super duper convince you that I'm okay. You know? Um, 
you know, he's maybe overcompensating a little bit there. But, um, yeah. Um, so, and of yeah. course with her, with her, he's the one man I would never, ever lie to, you know, right. <laughs> by the end of the episode, lying. that's not exactly true. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like I said, I wasn't expecting that. So I, I guess we'll see where that goes. I, I, I already do know that Clara at least shows up in season nine. So I don't mm-hmm. know how or where or when or, you know, for mm-hmm. how long or how often she does. Yeah. But um, I don't expect that this is like the last time we'll ever see her. But right. um, like I said, I just wasn't sort of expecting it to be that sort of parting of the ways uh, at the end here. So. Yeah. Well, and um, I think when it aired, that wasn't necessarily clear either. Like, I think mm. um, Moffat kind of wrote it as a potential ending point for Clara. I think he wasn't quite sure where her, when her last episode would be. And if I'm right in trying to remember, I don't think when this aired, people knew whether she would even be in anymore. So, um like, I think it was around this point. Maybe maybe the Christmas special, we knew she'd be making at least mm. some sort of appearance. But her future with the series wasn't confirmed yet. So I think it's kind of meant to be, um, you know, if not the ending, at least potentially an ending. Or, you know, um, supposed to be a little bit ambiguous. Sure, sure. Um, like, it, you, you definitely feel like if circumstances were different, it could have ended. Her story could have ended here. Um, yep. And, and which I think is interesting because it reminds me of a Russell Davies finale, you know, which always end with like the parting of the ways. And, and then I think it kind of cracks me up that it's, you get the return of the, after the sad parting of the ways ending, you get the like, little comedy sting at the end of oh no we can't end there we have to have santa claus come in through the door and like you know um it's like you know donna turning up in her wedding dress or you know or the or the titanic crashing through the wall like there always has to be that little you know we can't end the season on a total downer we have to sort of put in some sort of little note of hope um you know, which is Nick Frost as Santa <laughs> right. right? coming into the TARDIS to intervene on the doctor's behalf. So. So that's where we are. So that's where we are. All right. Uh, well, um, we should probably move on, though. Yes. To uh, our episode of Angel this week. Okay. So, um for Angel, I want to start with Wesley and Cordy and Gunn. Um, and <laughs> what, what just happened? Yeah, they're kind of like standing around at a loss, um, not quite sure what happened or what they're supposed to do. Um, you know, their entire, not just their livelihood, but their whole like way of life is completely like disrupted yeah um well for cordy and wesley 
I like I like how Gun is like, yeah, I'm gonna get a burrito. Yeah. Like <laughs> like for him it's like, eh. I mean, right. we know later that that's not wholly true, but sure. You know, this is at least you know, his front of, you know, tough guy living on the streets. Yeah. Well, didn't work out. I'm hungry. Right. Gonna go grab Right. Like feet. he's sort of like, yeah, like I well and I so that's kind of what I wanted to start with was they're all slightly different reactions to it. Um yeah. and I guess to start with gun, like there is that that you know, that front of I don't really need this gig in the first place, you know, like you know, it, it, it helped with some of the money, you know, but, um, you know, he wasn't really in the group that long. Um, the money's probably not that good. Um, right. you know, he doesn't really like taking orders all that much and, you know, Angel's kind of dangerous. So, you know, you're sort of putting yourself in some fairly sketchy situations for, you know, fairly minimal returns. So at the same time, though, remember, you know, what or a gun's the kind of guy like you had me at grab your axe kind of thing. Like, right, he, right. you know, like he's he's OK with the running into the dangerous situation. And even right. I mean, even from the first couple episodes we saw, like, right. He's that's, the reckless. That's who he yeah. is. Yeah. He's yeah. the one who just charges in and. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Right. Which is why that's all a front. You know, that's all his kind of stoic I'm too cool for school kind of attitude, but that doesn't necessarily reflect what he really believes. Right. Um, you know, he might talk about, uh, you know, um, angels sort of, you know, you know, not liking the way angel does things, but you know, if he really didn't like it, he wouldn't come back, you know? And, you know, we see him continuing to, come back and to get more involved time after time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, to the point that even he's at Caritas going, like preparing to like sing, you know, sing his, his soul to find like, yeah. you know, his, his path in life. A song you know, that Wesley wouldn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, I can imagine. So, um, you know, and like definitely, uh, you know, he's open about the fact that, like, you know, he's the most embarrassed to be here and he has this, like, brusque and macho exterior that has to, like, you know, for him, right? right. you know, it, it takes a certain amount of humbling to admit that he's this invested in the group, I think. Sure. Um, so, you know, maybe not that it means more coming from him, but he had to sort of probably dig a little deeper in order to, you know, mm. admit that to himself. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, kind of an interesting reaction. Um, and with, um, Cordy, it seems to be more about like her anger and her outrage at, you know, it, you know, her angry at anger at Angel for, you know, kind of, you know, leaving them high and dry like that. But also like, you know, as with QWERTY and that kind of unfiltered emotion that you get from her, like kind of just at whoever's standing closest, you know, like who can I blame? Whose fault is that? You know, like sure. it's, you know, it's because 
it's Darla's fault for, you know, coming back and distracting him. You know, it's Wesley's fault for guilting and shaming him into all these things. You know, it's because Gunn won't follow orders, you know. Um, mm -hmm. That's sort of Cordy's... Uh, well, not that she's necessarily wrong about any of those things, um, but, you know, her sort of anger seems to be her chief reaction, I think. And, I mean, not for nothing, but, like, she's been, she and Angel have been working together in some fashion yeah. for much longer like, than the other two. I mean, even, right. like, even going back into the Buffy years, you know, like, mm -hmm. like that she at least... And even if she and Angel weren't, like, ever working together directly, like, they were on the same sort of team, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, like there's several years of history there to go back. And, like, so she has a lot more to feel betrayed about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's more personal for her, I think. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it's it's not just oh I got fired from my job. It's you know this is a personal betrayal. I think. Yeah, which is also right up her alley to feel the personal betrayal mm -hmm. uh, on things. Yeah, and for what it's worth, she was going to sing either Shania Twain or Madonna, <laughs> which yeah seems about right. Yeah, you know, it's all good. Um. And Wesley, of course, is more focused on uh, sort of the, uh, like, prophecy aspect or the, mm. the, like, higher calling aspect, I guess, whatever, right. whatever right. you want to, you know, do that. Um, and is also, but also seems to be the most willing to sort of let Angel go his own way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's um, trying to be reasonable, you know, that... The best thing to do is is let him be, you know, and I think obviously hoping that he'll change his mind, but um, at least willing to give him the benefit of the doubt to work things out on his own. Yeah. Um, well, and not only that, but also like later after, um, you know, Cordy has her vision and they're going after this, you know, demon or whatever. Um, he says, you know, angels walked away from his duty. We're not going to like, right. like he's, he's kind of trying to like, this is how much Wesley has changed. Right. Like he's right. being the leader, like, and not mm -hmm. like incompetently, you know, I mean, they don't have the greatest fight scene, but as, right. as they sort of remind each other at the end, it's like, well, which one of us here is dead? Hey, it's right. the demon. <laughs> like, right. yay team. So, um, yeah. and even, even you know, but sorry, I realize I'm getting like way ahead. Even at the end though, where he mm -hmm. goes, he ultimately goes to Angel and is like, we're keeping the agency open with or without you. Like, mm -hmm. it's still called Angel Investigations. <laughs> right. It's right. just, there's no Angel anymore. So like, like even that aspect of it, it's, you know, he, he's, it, and it's hard to say at this point, like, you know, what he's thinking. Is this just like, okay, Angel needs to work this through on his own? Or is it, all right, we're cutting you off and, mm. you know, don't try to follow us or, you know, that kind of thing. Like, there's, I don't think he's totally doing that last one, but there's also the sense that, like, that could be what ends up happening. So, mm. you know, where 
where do we go from here as they ask like like this is you you know you've got these three different reactions and you've got um each of them sort of thinking their own thing and blaming each other um Uh and it is funny how like even in that scene in caritas where they're all drunk and arguing how like they each take turns on like two of them ganging up on the third like like it it it's just I mean, that particular scene is pretty well written, I think, Mm -hmm. insofar as like the shifts in the blame sort of going around the table and each each of them uh, siding with each other against It reminds me, um, we talked about Into the Woods recently, so if anybody's seen that, there's a particular song um, where, you know, the bad things have happened and they go through... And it's like the line, it's your fault, is repeated over and over again. And you realize, like, each of them is responsible for a different piece of it. Like, well, if you hadn't done this, you know, but I only did that because she told me to do this. And, well, he didn't maybe do that. And so, you know, and it does shift from, like, it's always one person and the, the, you know, kind of the witch hunt of who's, you know, ganged up. That's kind of what it reminded me of. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and probably all of the pieces are a piece of the truth, Um, you know, and all of it together isn't necessarily the whole truth. You know, there's kind of uh, a lot of, you know, on the one hand, there's a lot of blame to go around, you know, on the other hand, sure. this, uh, on the other hand, this is just Angel's decision. And, you know, none of them could have necessarily changed his mind had they done something differently. you know, if this is what yeah. he decided to do, you know, I think you'd be hard pressed to say, oh, you know, it's because I don't think it really comes down to, well, Wesley nagged him or, you know, Cordy didn't get enough visions. Like, right. you don't necessarily feel like either of those would have really made any sort of difference yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Insofar as Wesley's nagging had any effect on Angel to begin with, or right, right. insofar as Cordy could even have forced herself to have more visions or something right. like that, like right, right, yeah, um, right. so yeah, yeah. Well, and to finish up, like with Wesley, I guess, like like you said, like um, with that kind of eye on the duty, like he is the big picture guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one who, um he's trying not to take it personally and just keep an eye on what is Angel's duty, you know, um, and how can we sort of fill in for that? Um, and I think you kind of also get that notion with the fact that Cordy, you know, even though, uh, you know, Angel's not with them and isn't going to help them, Cordy obviously continues to get visions from the powers that be, and then they're able to go and, you know, take care of it on their own without him. So, you know, I mean, it's been prophesied. So it seems that Angel is part of some sort of grand plan, you know, for the Mm -hmm. future and, you know, the fight against, you know, good versus evil. But on the other hand, how much is he necessary for this? Like, you know, they're going to keep the agency open and it seems like, they're at least somewhat capable of, you know, doing that on their own. Um, 
it's not like Angel fires them and then the powers that be kind of abandon Cordy. Um, right. You know, they continue, obviously, to use her and the others are able to, you know, fight the good fight without Angel. So, I don't know. Is Angel kind of superfluous to his own prophecy in a way? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, that doesn't help with Angel's redemption. So maybe that's the, you know, but it seems like perhaps in the battle against evil, there are other agents which can be used besides him. But. Um, yeah. Possibly. And on that, on that note too, um, with the host mm. who sings Lady Marmalade, um, and I, I really like that Wesley would sing Cat Stevens. I think that feels really appropriate. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. I can totally see that. Um, but with the host, um, that one little line about he knows when Cordy's going to get a vision, you know, he has that slight kind of psychic ability and, you know, even kind of like cushions her head, like with the jacket or whatever. Um, you know, and his line about when the, when the big guys talk, I shut my app. So, you know, just little, little tiny little hints about, you know, things he may or may not know, like, you know, how much knowledge does the host have? Um, you know, we still don't really know much about him or yeah. whose side he's on, if anybody's, and, you know, where he gets his sort of information and intuition from. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, he certainly seems to be in tune. Uh, mm -hmm. with things and no pun intended there actually uh the you know like I, I like how he's like sitting there like calmly folding like you know what his jacket or whatever and then just right. sort of places it behind Cordy's head right, like right. like it shows that it's not like he didn't like see Cordy having a vision and then like try to like help catch her, her. it's right, like right. he knew it was coming well before any of them yeah. did um right and the 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 kind of when the big guys talk i shut my app kind of implies a like respect for that like mm. you know even though this is the guy who they all come to sing in front of him so that he can tell them you know their path and everything he defers to the vision you know like Right. What I, whatever I have to say is less important than what the vision is going to tell you. Like that's all you need to know at this point. Mm. So there's a kind of like, I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean like he's in the service of the powers that be, but at least like no. he seems to sort of step out of the way when, you know, he sees their, their direction coming yeah. in. Well, and right. Like, it's one thing, like, you know, remember what he even says, you know, way back when we first sort of learned about Caritas, is that, like, he's there to create basically a safe space. Mm. Like, he's not, that doesn't m mean that he's aligned with, you know, good or evil or whatever, mm -hmm. but that regardless of who you are, you can come in and have a drink and feel safe. Yeah. Uh, 
even if you know the minute you step out you're fighting each other like cats and dogs so Mm -hmm. um yeah like he he seems more along the lines of sort of like the idea of a true neutral um Mm -hmm. at least at uh, you know this point rather than one who's necessarily aligning with things but Mm -hmm. also recognizing that there are powers beyond Mm -hmm. his you know that Again, just because he shuts his yap doesn't necessarily mean he agrees or disagrees with right, what right. it's you know what's happening. It's just that there's something more powerful happening either right. way than he uh, knows how to deal with or cares to deal with. Right. Right. So yeah. Um, oh, which is and in the in in that idea of his sort of area as a safe space, like they do come in fighting like cats and dogs and leave as a team. (laughs) So it works, you know, like that does seem to be a place where whether by his guidance or just by virtue of being in there together and kind of, you know, some effect of getting drunk and singing together, you know, they, they, it does have a sort of a positive effect on their Mm -hmm. team, their teamwork. Um, So yeah um so i do i do want to say that i in this episode i do like the wesley cordy gun stuff because you know mm-hmm. there's some fun stuff there that happens i you know i'm not a hundred percent sure about the extended ass pansy conversation um but you know it's kind of funny i guess sure. uh the i will admit though mm. <laughs> that i'm I'm not all that thrilled about the angel storyline mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm not a big fan of the voiceover. It's it's weird, yeah. Uh, it, I mean, he does not speak a line as the character. He doesn't right. say anything for the whole episode. Um, it's all in voiceover. I almost feel like that would have been... Like, I don't know that we needed to get to, like, hush levels of silence. But, like, I kind of feel like rather than the voiceovers, which I don't feel like convey that much. Like, I'm ready. Right. I'm not ready. Like, <laughs> maybe I'm ready. I, like, I almost feel I like. I thought I was ready. but I no, almost feel not. like uh, it almost would have been better if you had, like, a Rocky Four musical montage of him, like, you know, training in his basement. <laughs> would have been less <laughs> less corny yeah. or you know like even more effective than what you know actually happens which is that monologue well, stuff or just or just his stony silence because yeah the the thing that the monologue ruins is that when he's just silent you can't tell what he's thinking mm-hmm. which is scary you know like what's going on with him you don't know like we're not privy to his thoughts um because he's not sharing anything with anybody whereas like once you hear the inner monologue it it it's not as effective as the thing you could be like imagining in your head like you know it 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 kind of deflates the mystery mm-hmm. a little bit yeah. um yeah especially when you when you point out the kind of like waffling going on of like ready not ready sort of ready maybe ready <laughs> not quite as ready as i thought like yeah okay like it, it's hard to take him as seriously as you would if like 
you just had this like, you know, silent presence throughout the whole episode. Um, sure. Cause I think like there are scenes that could have been more effective that way. Like, like, you know, the fact when, um, uh, when he, you know, is with, uh, Darcilla, as I'm going to call them. And, you know, doesn't say anything and flicks the cigarette, you know, like, and you're expecting a big moral righteous speech or some sort of confrontation. And no, it's just a flick of the cigarette and they go up in flames. Like, you know, or the end when Wesley, you know, tells him we're going to keep it open and he just doesn't say anything. It's like, I feel like... Mm if he just didn't say anything the whole episode, those two moments of silence would have been a lot more effective. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, so, and with like the training, um, it does kind of remind me a little bit. Um, it's an interesting parallel with Buffy. Um, like earlier in the season, like you kind of had her, you know, after her thing with, um, seeing the first slayer and then that moment of almost getting killed by the vampire you get her you know train like that little brush with death and and realizing that she's not ready and uh training like way harder than she had been um sure i mean so you know i kind of like that aspect of like there's this idea that he thinks he's he's gotten too comfortable among you know, real people and, you know, having friends and relationships and everything has sort of softened him. So he has to sort of go into this, like, you know, hardcore, you know, um, training phase, I guess, before he's capable of taking them down. Um, by the way, you, you are wrong, though, that he does speak in the episode. Does he? When? Uh, when he's interrogating Merle. Does he? Yeah. All right. Because he's he's asking him where, like, what's okay. going on, you know, with... I our, forgot uh, that. All right. I thought I paid attention the second time to make sure that I was right about that, and I must have... Well, I mean... I must have been distracted or something, so... I still think that would have been better, but... Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um... I now I mean, you know what? Maybe I need to go back and rewatch that scene because now that I now that I'm thinking about it, he might just keep dipping him back into the water and not saying things and mm-hmm. let like doing the let letting him talk thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't know now. My whole confidence is shaken. All right. Well, I'll I'll go back and rewatch that. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I I'm pulling up the transcript right now. <laughs> I've got to know. Other okay. other than the voiceovers. Merle's being dipped. I'll talk. Angel pulls him back up. But I'm telling you, I don't know where dip. Uh, okay, he's dipping, dipping, dipping. I don't think he says anything. I think he just dips him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'd have to go and watch it to be 100% sure. 
But looking at the transcript, it seems that that is a one-way conversation. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I think we both can agree, though, that the voiceovers are terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and yeah, I just I I think I think seeing him working out alone in his basement or whatever, just quietly, mm-hmm. would have been much more powerful. Like it's just. Mm. He's there. He's focused. It's what he's doing. But yeah. instead, we get the "I'm not ready yet." I blah 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 blah, <laughs> and it's just it's like, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, and you know, the thing that just occurred to me too is like, after all this training and like, you know, all this fear that he's not ready and can't stand up to them, the thing that nearly gets them is literally he throws a cigarette into like some gas and like right they go like like the, he doesn't even fight well them. um but he fights all of the demons who well, are that's there true. for like that's he kills true. 12 demons or whatever it is before they arrive so that that's a good you can point. forgive him maybe for not but but i think that brings up a different point which is like we've seen him fighting darla and drew and sure together like they're a decent match for him like mm-hmm. um I mean, alone, they're each a decent match for him. So, you know, together, definitely. But, like, on the other hand, like, he goes and kills 12 other demons. Like, are they really stronger than 12 demons together? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like there's some buildup here that isn't 100% justified Mm. um, between the two of them. I don't know. I mean... We do know that Darcilla is uh, R. What's the proper verb form there? Um, that Darcilla has this. Uh, I can't do it. That Darla and Drusilla <laughs> have, uh, you know, power of various sorts, and and that they're capable. But like you said, like in the end, it's like there's just some gasoline and. It sets them on fire, except that they extinguish it right away and nothing really bad happens. So a lot of frustration. I feel like a lot of the story between, um, you know, Angel, Drew, and uh, Darla. I almost Mm -hmm. said Darcilla again. Uh, Between the three of them, I, I feel like that story is a lot of just like, moving pieces around yeah that it's that there's not really a lot there to kind of dig, yeah there's not through. a lot new well it it kind of feels like they're stalling for time so that wesley and cordy and gun can get set up into um you know the new sort of commitment that they have of yeah continuing on with the with the agency yeah well, um, and right. So like, okay. So I mean, I, I guess Angel succeeds in foiling their plan to get like a demon army together. So like, mm-hmm. in one sense, that's a thing, but like he clearly fails to kill them. Right. And there's, you know, from there, like, it's just kind of like, okay, 
we're not we haven't really moved from point a to point b and you know in any right, real right. meaningful way right i i will admit i had a i had one of those moments of when they got lit on fire of you know that kind of thing where you're like they can't do that can they can they do that no they can't do that you know like when you're kind of like not sure where it's gonna go sure um i mean i wasn't expecting and would have been very surprised if they had just offed both of them right then and there. Um, you know, there was a kind of hint of that might've happened, but, um, you know, obviously that's not what happens. Right. So, um, you know, not like Osgood, not like Osgood. No, they didn't, they didn't weed in them out, uh, this time. <laughs> to, not to this make time. A verb. Not this time. Um, but doesn't mean it can't happen. Sure. Um, so I'm not sure that I have a lot else for the three of them. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think, I think we're pretty much where we were with them. Okay. So, so, um, I want to finish up with Lindsay and Lila, um, because we get, um, the follow-up from the massacre in the wine cellar. So yeah. I guess I can ask and you can confirm or not. It seems that Holland is definitely gone. Um, yes. You know, um, so goodbye, Holland. Um, and goodbye, Bernard. Bye, Bernard. <laughs> Off to your island in the sky. Um, but Yeah, I mean, with, with the caveats of... Anybody can we, yeah, I mean, you magically know, Dar come back at Darla any time. Darla was gone. Yeah, you know, yeah. dead. Yeah, dusted. so there's always that doesn't mean um, that's the last we see of or hear of the character. Right. Um, right. But yeah, but, no. I mean, um, we we get the uh, we get the unnamed Wolfram and Hart partner, I would or whatever he is. Yeah. Um, you know, saying like this is a time of mourning. So like, right. Right. And and we get. Lindsay and Lila both referring to the fact that they are the only two survivors. The sole survivors, yeah. Um, um, so and, and Lindsay being kind of disappointed, he wanted to be the, the sole survivor. Um, right. There's something kind of or darkly so, or soulless survivor, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, because you continue to get that like, you know, I don't really care what happens to me attitude about him. Like. Yeah. That to me seems the main difference of Lila's very concerned with self-preservation, you know, of, you know, sure. they're, they're gonna, they're gonna blame us. They're gonna eventually, you know, kill one of us, if not both, you know, they're looking to sort of, you know, pin the blame on somebody or to narrow it down or whatever. And she even, um, you know, tries to trick him into like, you know, uh, stealing files like she kind of right. wears a wire and gets involved with like the higher ups to sort of trap him in this like well I think know. that was her own initiative I don't think she had oh, is it? Okay. told anyone about like I think she was I think her we don't get this explicitly my reading of it and feel free to she wasn't like asked to one. do this She. my like, reading of it is that she was going to try to record him and then use that as leverage but yeah, okay. like I don't think she was like working with any higher okay. ups to get there. Okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That that's just my impression though. I could be wrong. 
Yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, I think I thought that. Um, but I, you're right. Now that I think about it, I don't think that they ever do exactly say that. So um, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, so Lindsay doesn't seem as interested in uh, playing those sorts of games. Like, he definitely doesn't really seem to like Lila, and it's not that he's not, like, competitive with her, but, like, he doesn't seem to care so much. It seems like he cares more about the competition with her than he does about, like, their actual life or death, you know? <laughs> like, right. like, his advancement in the company is worth more than, like, he could happily advance in the company as a vampire, I think, or something, you know, like, you know, those things aren't necessarily the same to him. Um, so, you know, like you get him saying like, well, you know, very doctorish, everybody dies, Lila. Um, mm. You know, and, uh, you know, not, you know, he had that line in the last one about like, I care if I die, I just don't mind, you know, <laughs> right. whatever, whatever right. that means. So like, right. you know in this, you know, still in this kind of, like, ambiguous sort of frame of mind that he has. Um, you know, and they're going to kill who they're going to kill. So, you know, I guess continue to do his his work and see how it all plays out. Yeah. Um, and Wolfram and Hart kind of... Uh, promote them both not because either of them have done a particularly good job but that like because <laughs> they kind of go through all the stupid things they've done and all the mistakes they've made but right. but for the sole purpose that it seems that having both of them kind of spurs both of them on to right. more competition so it's actually more effective to keep both of them um at least until they decide to narrow it down um and we've seen what happens when you get fired um right. by Wolf Women Heart. So that will be a kind of uh a very uh definite sort of narrowing down, I think, when that day comes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add for them. I mean I think that is going to continue to be a theme. Obviously the the sort of uh, not like, and of course their competition, it's not like, you know, confrontation between like good and evil. It's like whose form of evil is, is mm. more effective. <laughs> um, right. if you want to call it, but yeah, I mean, I like the, um, I like the little, you know, when, uh, Drew and Darla are talking about them and Drew's like, I like the girl. She's wicked. And she's wicked. Yeah. And, and Darla's sort of thinking of them as like you know kids just learning you know a mm -hmm. trade or you know whatever like yeah they're they're not uh you know they're kind of cute hope they don't die kind of thing right. like right. <laughs> you know in playing these games that they're playing and, and that sort of thing yeah um but yeah i i'm fine with sort of leaving it there unless you had any other final um thoughts uh, uh no i think that covered everything i wanted to i guess mention. uh we didn't mention virginia um, oh that's right with wesley and i don't know that there's much to say about her other than that 
you know, she sort of appears again. Right. So like Wesley, right. Wesley's sort of holding on to a relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, she also remember is rich and connected and all of mm -hmm. that. So that probably doesn't hurt, <laughs> right. you know, either, right. you know, especially when you're working for an employer who maybe doesn't have that much money. Um, right. Right. Or not, or actually no longer working for an employer who right. didn't have much money to begin with anyway. So, yeah. And I like when she asks him, you know, what else can you do? Not much. Like really what, what sort and, of marketable skills does Wesley have? You know, there, he's gone from, there's a you long know, Watcher pause. Academy yeah. to, yeah, straight into rogue demon hunting. You know, it's not like right. he's going to go get a job in like in an office somewhere. Um, well, so. and, and like, I even like that she sort of like describes for him like, oh, you're, uh, I forget exactly the, the description, but you know, like a, a renowned you know blah 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 and he's he's like it's very it sounds very resume-esque you know like yeah, yeah. that you know that whole like maybe you should be polishing up on your resume and yeah, what else yeah. can you do right and and you know file a grievance with the union you know all this you know right um from kind of probably watching over her father's shoulder at how to like manage employees and all this right. stuff. She's, she's picked up a few things and, yeah. you know, knows about unions and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, of, yeah, just, just to note anyway, that she's still in, in the picture. In the picture. So yeah. Speak, so. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back with, some more Doctor Who next week with the Christmas episode, I guess. And then uh, some Buffy as well. So. All right. Yeah. See you then. Mm -hmm.